Welcome to episode 130 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Alice. She used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Alice, for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Have you ever looked at a task and thought, it's too big, I can't do it? Think about clearing a path in the woods a little bit at a time, but then continuing to walk the path to keep it clear. That's our topic for today. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we at The Recovery Show may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to the topic of clearing a path. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. I hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I'm your host today, but joining me virtually are several listeners who sent in their own thoughts about clearing a path. I'm going to start by playing the, uh, the, the lead or the prompt that we published a few weeks ago that uh, we're all responding to, and we'll then follow it with your responses uh, along with my own. So here is June. Hello, my name is June, and I am a grateful member of the Worldwide Fellowship of Al-Anon. For my program today, I wanted to read an article out of the Forum magazine. It's the September 2015 edition. And for those of you that are not familiar with the Forum, it is the monthly magazine of Al-Anon family groups. And it's just such a a wonderful present that comes in the mail every month. It's only $11 a year, and it comes in a plain white envelope, so you don't have to worry about um, anyone else uh, seeing your business. So the article is entitled, How to Clear a Path in the Woods and in Life, and it is by Elsa H. in Florida. A friend of mine has several acres of beautiful wooded property that slopes gently down to a wide stream. There had been a hiking trail there at one time, but it was so overgrown that it had become impassable. One day, we decided to clear the trail so we could use it. Armed with rakes, weed cutters, and brush saws, we went to the spot where she thought the trail began. The trail itself was virtually invisible, but bit by bit, we were able to clear it. We sawed through the tree limbs that had fallen across it, cut away tangled vines, hacked out encroaching bushes, thorns and all, and raked away the debris that years of rainstorms had deposited. Eventually, the entire trail was fully visible, winding its way through the woods and along the stream. It still has some rocky spots, some patches of tangled roots and snaky vines, but we have spent many lovely relaxing hours enjoying it. For me, that experience represents how Al-Anon has worked in my life. In trying to deal with alcoholism, I never saw a clear path or envisioned any kind of destination. I never had a sense of what was the best thing to do, the best direction to go. I just reacted to every obstacle, every shifting current, and every new disaster in whatever way I could. 
I was always stumbling, always tripping on emotions, circumstances, and effects of a sickness I didn't understand. I never felt that I was getting anywhere or that I was headed for any improvement in my life. I never saw hope, serenity, or healing up ahead. I never saw anything except more obstacles, tangled situations, and cluttered emotions. Like my rake, weed cutter, and saw, my Al-Anon tools have enabled me to clear a path for myself. I don't always know what is around the next turn, but at least I have a sense that I am making progress, moving towards serenity and healing. Now and then I still trip on a root or a rock or get tangled in a vine I didn't see. But I keep my toolbox handy by attending meetings, staying in touch with Al-Anon friends, doing daily readings, keeping a journal, and reminding myself of the slogans. And whenever I am enjoying a pleasant hike and a nicely clear trail, I remember to be grateful for Al-Anon. I really connected with this analogy, and I wanted to tie it into uh, the journey of serenity in my program. So woods are like my life. I would force my way to a clearing by sheer will and force, but it wasn't easy, it wasn't pretty, and I unintentionally injured people along the way. Once I found a clearing, I figured I could relax, but that was never the case. There was always something else that needed to be managed, so my course on the hamster wheel of life continued. Still, I managed quite successfully. I had a successful career. I was married, raising three girls, financially secure, and living the dream, or so I thought. Enter alcoholism. I noticed my husband's drinking was getting out of control in 2006. He was managing, but in 2008, shortly after building a house from scratch that took two years, a small fortune, and all the energy I could muster, my life imploded. My husband had been deceiving me, and we were over our heads in debt, and he was by now a full-blown, high-functioning alcoholic, in complete denial, and blamed me for the deplorable choices he made, which I just happened to discover. Not going into the gory details, suffice to say, it was the worst nightmare ever. At my low point, I sought counseling and found my way into these rooms. Not with the idea that I was going to fix the alcoholic. I knew enough about the disease from friends and family to know that wasn't possible. I came into these rooms because I was so distraught and wanted help getting my life in order despite the alcoholism. My first experiences in Al-Anon were quite baffling. Here I was in the crisis of my life and the people around me were talking and laughing as if all was well in the world. I felt like my life was spinning out of control and they were, well, happy. I found that quite disheartening and wondered if I belonged. It wasn't until a wounded mom cried out about her son's recent arrest that I finally felt like I was in the right place. I didn't find comfort in her pain. It was more like a validation that I was not the only one suffering. I kept coming back into these rooms because I realized people had faced similar challenges and perhaps they could help me create a clearing in the landscape of my life, which as the author of the article in the forum so eloquently described, looked like massive trees, bushes, and tangled vines blocking any means of happiness, never mind serenity. The rooms were a means of hope for me, hope that something could be different. I didn't know how, but I knew it was possible if I followed the program, I could be laughing like the other people in the room. 
I continued to attend weekly meetings and remained hopeful, but each time I left Al-Anon, I still hadn't a clue how to start clearing my path. The meeting I attended was rather small, and I didn't reach out for a sponsor because I couldn't relate to anyone on that level at the time. I did have Al-Pals, and they eventually led me to a meeting with a group of Al-Anoners working the four-step together, and then my recovery took off like gangbusters. While working my program, my husband's disease continued to escalate, and often, as alcoholics do, he would blame me for everything and anything so he didn't have to look at himself. Unfortunately, that worked quite well for a long time, and as I was doing a four-step inventory, I thought, surely you are not suggesting I ignore the 900-pound gorilla in the room. That's what he was suggesting. Why should I look at myself when he was causing the world to spin out of control? And that was a very important uh, crossroads for me in my recovery because understanding the disease of alcoholism, my husband obviously was always blaming me for everything, as I said, so that the focus was not on him. However, when I got into the fourth step, they were also suggesting I look at myself. So I was very perplexed by that, but yet I kept coming back. And as I did, and as I worked that fourth step, The gorilla diminished in size and I grew in strength. I learned how my behavior could be causing me problems and how it just might be challenging for people to live with me. As I would later learn, acknowledging this imperfection would play a huge part in my husband's recovery. So there I was, I had a choice. I could sit in the woods and complain about the things outside of my control, such as the prickly vines or pesky critters, or I could use the tools of the program, look at myself, and clear a path. I shed the behaviors that didn't help me, adapted new beliefs, and found enough courage to keep going even when I didn't know what I would find in the next step. The saying, when you're in hell, keep going, comes to mind. Thus, I had my starting point for a clearing in my proverbial woods. Soon after my four-step inventory started, I was lucky enough to find a sponsor to help guide me on the path to serenity. She was and remains my tour guide to serenity. Again, Getting back to the analogy of the path in the woods, my journey was just beginning. My husband was in and out of rehab, and I was facing challenges in epic proportion. Just when I found a bit of a clearing in one direction, I came across a huge obstacle. Let's call it a California redwood planted directly in my path. Armed with my sponsor tour guide and the tools of the program, I realized that obstacles didn't have to be a deal breaker. In fact, I had gained a different perspective and now could look at obstacles in a whole new light. They could actually become opportunities. Thus, I could make a treehouse around the redwood and actually enjoy the view from this elevation. With just a change in me, in my perspective, the obstacle became a welcome place of enjoyment. As my path continued, I began to see the beauty that existed all around me. All I had to do was change my perspective and open my eyes, and it's right there. The clouds in the sky, the beauty of the trees, fragrance of flowers, music from the birds, and flutter of the butterfly. Simply the beauty in nature. And I wanted to share that as I was writing this program outside, a monarch butterfly flew around me and ended up landing right on my glass. And 
I thought immediately how beautiful and being a photographer at heart, I wanted to grab my iPhone and take a picture. I was afraid to do so because I was afraid it was going to fly away, but the uh, instinct took over and just as I did move my uh, phone to take a picture, it did fly away, but it came back. It flew around, almost landed in my ear, and then it landed on my phone. So I couldn't take a picture of it. I just was able to look at it and it was so close and so beautiful and it stayed on my phone for quite a few seconds and you know loving photography when you're always looking behind the camera you tend to miss the moment so the fact that it landed on my phone where I couldn't take a picture just forced me to remember the importance of living in the moment and that was just so beautiful so that was a spiritual awakening for me so it just reminded me of the the beauty in nature and just how blessed I am and remember as well that the Al-Anon emblem is a butterfly so combine that I would say that my higher power is pretty special and getting back to my story I did emerge through the forest a woman fully capable of living a purposeful happy and serene life and yet when I got to the proverbial fountain of serenity I learned that life doesn't stop there stuff happens life is full of ups and downs and the journey won't be over until my life ends my path isn't always easy but I know setbacks are really setups for something else to flourish. When the path appears to be blocked, I know I'll figure my way through, which means being flexible enough to look for another perspective, which is likely way out of my comfort zone. All the while, I continue to walk on the path regularly so it doesn't become overgrown. Despite my initial quest to reach my destination, which of course was the Fountain of Serenity, I now know serenity exists in little droplets along the way. In fact, there's an applicable quote on the back of the uh, same edition of the forum which states, Serenity is not the absence of turmoil, but the ability to deal with it. And that's from Connie I in California. Circling back to my journey. A funny thing happened while I found the courage to change in these rooms. My husband found his own recovery. And even though my husband lost his job, we lost our home, used all of our savings to pay for numerous rehab centers, and faced other adversities, we reconciled after a few years apart and are happier now than we've ever been. As it turned out, the changes I made in my behavior served as inspiration for him to make changes in himself. Go figure, guess the 900-pound gorilla had ears. I don't pretend to assume life is going to be a fairy tale, ending in happily ever after, but I do believe I have the power to write my own story and make my own happiness. If I don't like where I am, I can change it. After all, I am not a tree. Allison sent an email response. Greetings, Spencer and co-hosts and guests. I'm a long-time listener, first-time commenter. I love the Recovery Podcast, and I recommend it to all my friends in the program. I entered Al-Anon last November and have benefited from a lot of exposure to new tools and new ways of connecting to community since that frantic and fear-filled autumn evening I first set foot in the rooms. In March, I got a sponsor, and now I'm working very slowly on Step 4. My weekly schedule includes my regular home group meeting and a one-on-one -on -one sponsor meeting, and I can't imagine doing life without these. I loved this new format for the podcast and really like the lead share by June. 
I heard it tonight, now last night, when I came home from a regular professional event that frequently presents me with various triggers and room for growth. I struggle to speak up for what I want and need in this situation, and with this group, I rely on old people-pleasing behaviors that just build resentment, even when people say things that hurt my feelings. Tonight, I used some program tools to clear a path through a normally barbed path with a person who never fails to make comments that I find too personal, judgmental, and condescending. Tonight, I used the knowledge that the event would involve this person and, very likely, her thoughtless comments to prepare beforehand. I used the serenity prayer, and I also called a program friend who was willing to listen to my worries. All of these things are new behaviors for me. Instead of walking into the situation to replay hurtful feelings, I asked my higher power for help, and I got compassion and well wishes from my friend, who encouraged me to focus on my purpose for being at the event and nothing more. These provided me with something I can best describe as a feeling of connectedness to myself and to my higher self, and my self-worth that I am only now starting to nourish. Two amazing things happened at the event. The person in question made offensive remarks, and my mood wasn't crushed, though I still don't have a solution to make her stop. I found that I was able to let her be her, and it didn't dampen my mood. I was granted a momentary metaphorical treehouse that helped me see the situation as a passing typical moment with this person, instead of being on the ground in the brambles and thorns of her remarks. I didn't feel compelled to change her mind about me or about how she behaves. I had no idea the serenity I sought could be feel this way, where the only thing that changed was me. The second amazing thing that happened tonight was that I felt good about myself, even though I also see the ways I've encouraged behavior like this from people around me that I'm uncomfortable with. Instead of beating up on myself for the messes like this that I've helped to create by tolerating rude behavior and not speaking up for myself for decades, I thought, well, it makes sense that 38 years of habits are not going away overnight. I really feel my higher power, my friends in the program, and I all worked to clear my path tonight at a crucial time. What a timely lead. Thank you, June, and thank you, Spencer and co-hosts, Collaborate to offer us such a valuable resource in the form of this podcast. Best wishes, Allison. And and thank you, Allison, because you are now one of those who collaborate to uh, offer such a valuable resource, in your words. Thank you. Karen left us a voicemail. Hi, Spencer. This is Karen. I listened to June's Clearing the Path lead on October 6th. The same day, there is a reading in Hope for Today about a path through the woods. In the October 6th reading, someone was had been told of a clearing in the woods that was a beautiful, serene place, and he tried to find it, and he came to a fork and wasn't sure which way to go and got all upset at the fact that he might miss the clearing in the woods. When I listen to this and to, when I listen to June and think about this, I have realized that I am so busy clearing my path in the woods. I'm trying so hard to use all the tools. I'm working so hard on my program that I am missing the beauty of, of the work of clearing the path. Not doing my program right is one more thing I can beat myself up about. And I have, I read these things and I say, this is one more thing you're going to fail at or not be perfect at. I think whether I'm clearing the path or whether I'm looking for the fork, perhaps I need to look up straight up at the blue sky and the light and pause and know that I am going to be okay 
and use some of my slogans like let go and let God or easy does it because otherwise I can use I can use failure at working my program, uh, lack of perceived success as one more thing to hate myself for. Uh, thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you, Karen. And we have one from Shanti. Hi, my name is Shanti. I'm from Durham, North Carolina. And I really loved the lead about program as a path in the woods. My own program right now, I've, I've been in Al-Anon for about a year and a half, and I've really been fighting to stay on the path right now. I've gotten to a point that things are getting better, you know. Um, I'm not stumbling as much, and there are all these other side paths in work and in life stuff that got put on hold while I was on my knees when I first got into program. So it's been really, really good to recognize that there's so much that this program has to give me, and I've been really grateful for the podcast, I, I was a little worried, actually, when I first started listening to your podcast. I was worried that I might substitute it for meetings and then miss out on the real-life face-to-face connections that are so important for me at meetings because it's easier in some ways to just um, hit play on a podcast. But I've actually, since listening to the podcast, been getting to more meetings and maybe it's just hearing these principles again from other voices helps me see the path that I need to be on and work it. And, of course, working it pays great dividends in the rest of my life, which has really been amazing. So... Those are my thoughts for you, and thank you very much for providing this wonderful service to all of us. Bye. Thank you, Shansi. Here's Emily. Hi, Spencer and everyone. This is Emily calling from California, and I'm calling in response to June's share. I loved it. I loved what she had to say. And Spencer, I love that you're choosing to do this um, kind of like in meeting format, like someone speaks and then we we share uh, in relation to that speaker. So what's coming up for me today, the experience, strength, and hope that I have to offer, and in listening to June share, it came to, came to my mind that um, – it is a really cool and beautiful thing that the butterfly landed landed right near her and she was able to see it. And that's also pretty awesome that that's also kind of our our uh our logo. And things like that I've noticed in my three years in Al Anon, um, I just notice things like that more and I'm able to be more grateful for them than I ever was in the past. 
And I just, I see little miracles and I see my higher, higher power all over the place, which is definitely not something that I had in my life, um, before Al-Anon. So, um, definitely thankful for that. And, and I appreciated June sharing her experience because that reminds me of all of my experiences like that, that I have to be grateful for. Also, what's coming up for me today, I'm thinking about the three A's of Al-Anon, which I believe are awareness, acceptance, and action. What I want to say about that is that um, I moved recently and I have a new home group and someone asked me to put something away today. And so I did and I did it to the best of my ability. And then they came over and said, oh, now we can do a better job than that. And I was kind of offended by that. Not hugely offended, but I just thought it was kind of annoying that someone asked me to do something and then told me I did it wrong. It's very triggering for me. But what I was able to do, I was able to use the three A's. I was able to be aware of how I felt and why I felt that way. I was able to accept the incident and accept my feelings and accept her and what she said because she wasn't trying to be mean. And I'm able to kind of see past things like that now. And then the action that I was able to take and still am taking is just letting it go, letting it be. I don't need to hold a resentment about something silly like that. So I guess I guess that's my input for today. Uh, thank you, everyone, for making this show possible and for, for, for participating. And I'll be talking to you guys soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Emily, for your thoughts. And Akila also left a voicemail. Hi, Spencer. This is Akila. I was calling about the um, clearing a path episode. I guess the main thing I would say, if I heard that in the share, is um, for me, clearing a path is really about destro- destroying the path first. That's always what I think of when before things get better, they tend to feel like they're getting worse. I clean my room this summer, um, and it looks great now, but you wouldn't, when I was in the process of it, I had to basically tear it apart to put it back together. And I think that's what clearing a path is for me. And I was also reading a book where they talked about um, doing some kind of design project or installing a door or any time they do those makeover shows or anything, there's always that that thing where you have to destroy it in order to rebuild it. And then it doesn't look anything like it used to, but it's still beautiful. Um, so that's always what I think of. And that, that's been my experience. I remember, um, after I finished my fourth step being, I thought I would be better. And I was, you know, things didn't improve, but there was a period in there where I just felt like I was even more miserable than I had been coming in. I think it was just because all of my stuff had came up and I was um, tearing that stuff down so I could, um, I had to clear it all out. I had to take it out so I could see it and then decide what to throw away and what to keep. And that was a process that was painful, um, but ultimately rewarding. All right, thanks. I'm going to call back later. Bye. I think I want to reflect back to when I first entered this program of recovery at a time when it seemed that my life was unmanageable and that there was no way to change the situation and that I really felt I couldn't continue living in that situation, in the chaos, in the confusion, the despair, the fear, the anger. I saw no way out. 
But something prompted me, I think my higher power, looking back, prompted me to give Al-Anon a try. And even though I had no idea how working these 12 steps could, as our opening says, restore me to sanity, I, I did it because I saw people in the program who seemed to be happy, who seemed to be serene, even though their loved one was still caught in the throes of a disease. And so I took the steps recommended. Uh, I kept my head down, and using the analogy of clearing a path, I started to cut away at the weeds and the vines and the brambles that were obscuring my path. Not really knowing where I was going, not knowing whether there would eventually be a clear path through the confusion that was in my woods, through the the tangles. When I got to the end of, of the path of the steps, when I got to step 12, which assures us that we will have a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, I had a moment to pause and to look back and to see the path that I had come on, to see where I had started and to see where I was and to understand that those 12 steps that were so confusing to me, that those 12 steps which I had no idea how they could apply to the problem in my life, that they had indeed helped me to clear a path, a new way of navigating through the forest of my life, a new set of tools to keep that way clear, to, uh, to push it a little further, a bright sunny clearing on the end where I could pause and rest and find serenity whenever I wanted to go there. And certainly there have been times in my life since coming to the program where you know, I've wandered off into the underbrush and maybe sometimes I've cleared an, a new bit of a path to a new place that has something for me. And sometimes I just had to fight my way back to the, to the main path. But as June said, I continue to walk that path. I continue to keep it clear because my life is, is so different now. And that path brought me to the, the clearing of serenity uh, while my loved one was still in the grips of her alcoholism and was still acting under the influence of that disease. But I was able to live differently, and I was able to turn that adversity into an advantage in my recovery, in my new way of living. June, I want to thank you for sending that prompt that brought so many wonderful shares to us today. Thank you again. After a short break, we'll continue with our lives in recovery, where we talk about how recovery works in our daily lives. In this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives in recovery, what's happening in our meetings and in our lives this week. And I actually want to start 
with a voicemail from Pat who shares an experience that she had recently and how recovery worked for her. Hey, Spencer. This is Pat on the West Coast. Um, I wanted to call and tell you about my last Friday, which was a good, really bad day, which is funny to say, but it started out really tough, super, super busy, and a sensation of feeling out of control and not able to do my job the way I wanted to do it. And the difference this time that made it a good bad day instead of a horrible bad day was that I was able to use Al-Anon tools throughout the day to help me keep a handle on things, take a deep breath. I was able to recognize I was kind of spinning out of control. I snapped at a coworker. I did a 10th step and made amends within a couple hours. Um, I was able to say yes when people offered help. Uh, I was able to say, yeah, I'll go take a break, and I did some self-care during the day, and that was pretty amazing to do that for me. And at the end of the day, I'd done the job a lot better than I would have if I'd been uptight and angry and upset and on the verge of tears and hungry and tired and feeling very lonely. It was that's all. That's all the difference of attitude, and it's all the difference that Al-Anon makes. At the end of the day, I think I still had some residual. And I was talking to my husband. He said, gave me a little bit of a hard time about how much money I'd spend at the grocery store. I was not nice. I was kind of nasty and slammed down the phone. And on the way home, I was listening to some of your podcasts, of course. I was walking, and I thought, yeah, that's the way to go. I need to turn to Al-Anon. And it was you and Akila talking about um, concepts. And you got into talking about detachment. And I just, it was so perfect and it was so right. And I needed to de- detach both from the day and also from my husband's comment. And so by the end of the walk home, I was feeling much calmer and I was able to apologize to my husband. And we had a lovely evening. So... I know, it's just a really great example of how Al-Anon and the tools and, and your program is definitely, your podcast are definitely one of those tools, makes my life so much better. It's not perfect, and there aren't, not that there aren't difficult days, but how I handle those days are just night and day from where they've been in the past. So I thank you so very much, as always. I haven't called in a while. I've been listening, and sure appreciate all the good program reminders you give us. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Pat. It's been a couple of weeks since uh, we last talked. And in that time, the project that was keeping me extremely busy at work came to a successful concluding point, which is not to say an end point, just as with, with any path, it leads us to a place from which new paths begin. And and that will be true, but the intensity of the work will be less will be less crazy. I'm, I'm bringing other things back into my life that I had put on hold uh, during the crazy time, and one of those is getting regular exercise. I had always managed to to walk to work uh, maybe a couple times a week, and that's a mile and a half, and that's a little bit of exercise, but. 
I did not have a, a regular exercise program because my schedule was too crazy to fit it in. Yeah, fit it in. There we go again. So since since then, I have made it to the gym uh, three times in the first week, and I'm getting close to three times in the second week, so that's looking good. And trying to take it a little easy there, but definitely uh, wanting to, to get back to where I was a couple of years ago, which is not, you know, not like outrageously fit, but I was able to run, walk 5K in a half hour. And now I'm managing about two miles, about two thirds of that in, in that half hour. So we'll be getting back and it feels good. It feels good to have the time and to, to have the commitment to continue to, to work on my, my, on my physical health. I want to talk about what happened that day, uh, that Friday when we finished, uh, we had, we had made a goal of Friday, November 6th. And we, as we went through the week, we, we just had a few things that we had to, had to get working and came down to the wire on Friday. And I think it was about three in the afternoon, three or three thirty in the afternoon on Friday when, uh, the group that had been working on the last problem came out of the conference room and said, we're done. And the whole room sort of erupted in cheers as everybody started congratulating each other. And I reflected that it had been four and a half years from the time that I and a couple of colleagues started in a small room to first envision and then describe the work that we wanted to do. And tears came into my eyes. It was just, it was too big. It was too huge. It was, it was too much that we had accomplished this thing. And from three people in a room four and a half years ago to a hundred people working around the, not around the clock, but working full blast more than, more than their normal hours to make this accomplishment, to make this achievement, was too much. The tears came into my eyes, and, and I had sort of choked back sobs because there I was standing in the middle of work, you know. It's been amazing. It's been affirming. Because we made a plan. We convinced the company to back the plan to commit a significant amount of money and time and, and people to it. That was a scary moment when, when the board of directors said yes. And I realized that this scheme that we had cooked up was going to become a reality or not. And that we had in a very real sense, bet the future of our company on our plan. And we did have confidence that it would work, but it was still scary. And, and through this, you know, I had the, the underpinning of uh, my Al-Anon program and my faith that my higher power would guide me to what was best for me. Maybe not exactly what I wanted, but what was best for me. And, and that was something I could fall back to and use when I had doubts. So that's been the big, the big event in my life. The other thing that 
is a result of not having to work 10 hours a day, six or seven days a week, is I'm taking a little bit of vacation. Today is actually a Monday, and I'm taking the day off. Something came up on Friday that looked like I would have to drop my vacation and come in and deal with it on Monday, and my coworker said, no, you need to take your vacation. Go do it. And so, you know, sometimes when when my thinking tries to lead me down the wrong path, my higher power puts other people in my way to uh, to remind me of the right thing. And the right thing is is to take the day off so that I have time to do the podcast and I'm going to see a friend and go exercise, take it easy, probably go listen to some music this evening. So it will be a, a good break from work and I'll be able to come back tomorrow rested and, and ready to uh, address the issues at hand. So we've got some upcoming topics. Uh, we had a suggested topic of living with lies. Still, I've got a, a couple of shares in about that and maybe an offer to, to co-host the episode. But I'd love to hear your contributions, how you have used the program to live with somebody who's in active alcoholism, active addiction, which one of the symptoms of that disease is often a, a, a tendency to lie about things, whether they need to be lied about or not, uh, and also often to lie about use. How do you live with that? How has the program helped you to deal with it? Or what are your fears and, and your concerns that you, know, you haven't found a way through yet? Give us a call uh, or an email and uh, and share your experience, strength, and hope or your questions uh, about living with lies. Also, Akila and I will be addressing the last two concepts of service. That would be concepts 11 and 12. Concept 11 says the World Service Office is composed of selected committees, executives, and staff members. And concept 12 is the spiritual foundation for Al-Anon's World Services is contained in the general warranties of the conference. Article 12 of the Charter and the general warranties are that only sufficient operating funds, including an ample reserve, be its prudent financial principle, that no conference member shall be placed in unqualified authority over other members, that all decisions be reached by discussion, vote, and wherever possible by unanimity, that no conference action ever be personally punitive or an incitement to public controversy, that though the conference serves Al-Anon, it shall never perform any act of government, and that, like the fellowship of Al-Anon family groups which it serves, it shall always remain democratic in thought and action. So that's a big mouthful, a couple of mouthfuls there. We'll be looking at both how these uh, concepts keep Al-Anon alive and vibrant, but also how we can take them, which these concepts which sound extremely uh, related to the way of doing business, or the way of in which Al-Anon works, but how we can take these and apply them in our personal lives. So join us for that episode coming up in a few weeks. And if you have thoughts or, or questions uh, about these two concepts, again, uh, call us or email us and we'll try to address them. You can call and leave us an email at 734-707-8795. You can call right now, just pause, call 734-707-8795. You can use the voicemail button on the website to join the conversation directly from your computer. And if you prefer not to use your voice, you can send us email 
at feedback at com. That's feedback at com. So we'd love to hear from you, share your experience, strength, and hope, or your questions about today's topic of clearing a path or any of our upcoming topics. If you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, let us know. Everything that uh, you hopefully need to know about the the show is on our website, which is therecoveryshow.com. We have notes for each episode, an occasional blog, links to the music that we talk about, and we've also got some links to other recovery podcasts and websites that we like. And since I mentioned music, uh, you may have noticed in the last couple of episodes I haven't been talking about music, and that's one of those things that I have to do to make life manageable. Finding music for uh, each topic takes some time, and the last couple of episodes I have not had the time to do that and still get the episode out on some kind of schedule. It will be back, and uh, love to hear your music ideas about living with lies, for example. I'm sure there's plenty of good, plenty of good music out there for living with lies. So let us know. Join our conversation. Be part of the community. And if you'd really like to join the conversation literally, consider being a guest host by phone or Skype or FaceTime. Email feedback at com if you're interested. Got uh, got some feedback this week. Uh, topic suggestion from Lori, who asks, "I would really like to hear a show on the untreated Al-Anon. How can we do this? Well, think back to before we came to the program. What were we like? Or maybe we can look at people around us in our family who have not found recovery uh, and are acting acting out, as it were. Although." We prefer to keep the focus on ourselves here, so better to speak from our own experience. Akila left a voicemail about the gratitude episode. Hey, Spencer, it's Akila. I was calling about the gratitude episode. Um, you were asking about, A, what are we grateful for, and B, can we be grateful for alcoholism, or do we feel grateful for alcoholism? And I'll tell you the best thing I've heard in response to that. Um, I was at a meeting, and someone said, that he is not grateful for alcoholism, but he's grateful for the alcoholism in his life and that he can love them today. And I thought that was great because, um, am I grateful? No, alcoholism sucks. Am I grateful for recovery? Yes. Am I grateful for the people in my life? Yes. They do have some good qualities, but I, I don't know. I don't know how else to talk about that. I just, but I did want to share. So I guess it's the same thing. Like I blew out my tire. The other day, am I grateful that I blew out my tire? No, but did I have things to be grateful for in that situation? Yes. For one thing, I was at the grocery store and I used the bathroom, so I got to use the bathroom and buy my milk before I had to deal with it. While I was in line, I ran into a friend, um, and I, the cashier was like, "How was your day?" I was like, "Terrible. My tire just blew out." And my friend was right in front of me in line, and I didn't know it. And she was like, "Do you need help?" So she and her husband. Helped me change my tire and put the flat on. So I was very grateful for their help. Then, of course, because it's not like I can afford to have a blowout on my tire, I was like, crap, I guess I better go to Sears. So I went to Sears, and I was grateful that I have great credit 
So I was able to get a Sears card to get my tire fixed. And also that it had a 24 month, no finance, I mean, no interest thing on it that I was able to get. So it's delaying the payment so that I can pay for it when I do have the money. So even though that was a crappy situation, I'm grateful for the things that, um, for the help and things I was able to receive, but I was not grateful for blowing out my tire. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. Um, grateful for a lot of things. It's actually the meeting topic last week, right after I listened to the podcast. It was great because I was already thinking about it. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have anything else to say. Uh, thanks for all your hard work. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. Akilah. Lori, and this is a different Lori, sent a topic suggestion. Hi, Spencer. Your podcast has been a lifeline. I've only started to attend Al-Anon meetings, even though I knew two years ago I needed to go. I had to get to a point where I was ready and willing to deal with me and not my qualifier. I still haven't found a meeting I feel like making my home group. Don't yet have a sponsor, etc. But I read daily from the readers and the book How Al-Anon Works. So needless to say, the podcast archives have been a godsend. Thank you for being open to meeting this need. I have a suggestion for a podcast that might seem a bit obscure, but somehow I'm thinking there are lots of others out there with a similar situation. I am nearly 60. My husband became an addict a few years ago after drinking for years. Since his first detox 18 months ago, he's had two relapses, or maybe never been in recovery. I never thought that at this age I'd be dealing with this. One of my Al-Anon friends said, you thought you'd be starting to think about sitting on the beach in Florida, right? Kinda. I hadn't yet decided whether or not I'll stay or go. Great podcast episode, by the way. But if I stay, I know I'll need a safety plan in place. I do understand that it's one day at a time. But caution also leads me to understand that I can't be 85, possibly frail, and living in chaos. I intend to contact an elder lawyer who can give me some guidance, but I wonder how other older Al-Anons dealing with active drinking and or relapse deal with this issue as they find themselves aging. Thanks again, and bless you for the podcast. Lori. That's a good a good topic suggestion, Lori. I'm going to reach out to you if you have been or are in a similar situation, if you have experienced strength and hope to share with Lori on this topic, uh, please, please call or write uh, or call me and we'll, uh, we'll set up a phone conversation so we can talk at more length. Robin wrote to express a concern. Hi, I'm writing to say that I am really enjoying the podcast. Just started listening. An al friend and I used to pretend we were hosting a podcast because we found our conversations about the program so fascinating. LOL. I'm glad you guys really did it. I have a big however, however. It freaks me out that you share what you hear from other members at meetings. I know the names aren't mentioned in, in all, and don't get me wrong, I get something out of hearing the stories, but a huge Al-Anon tenant is being ignored. Who you see here, what you hear here, let it stay here. And from the suggested Al-Anon welcome, everything that is said here in the group meeting and member to member must be held in confidence. Only in this way can we feel free to say what is in our minds and hearts, for this is how we help one another in Al-Anon. And finally, in the closing, the things you heard here were spoken in confidence and should be treated as confidential. Keep them within the walls of this room in the confines of your mind. Robin continues, I would be afraid to share at the meetings you all attend for fear of hearing my share either held up and commented on even positively in public or not being mentioned at all. 
Yikes. We don't comment for a reason. And one last thing to consider, and I mention this because it's one of my biggest defects. I want to share it all so that people will love attending Al-Anon meetings the way I do. But even that is enabling. An alternative might be to say, wow, I wish I could tell you about the great share I heard at the Wednesday meeting, but I can't. Anyway, this is what I got out of listening to it. Maybe curiosity will get them there faster if I give it all to them, and then they don't feel like they have to go. I am really speaking from experience here. People saying, I don't need Al-Anon, I have you. That was a big uh uh-oh for me. Keep up the good work. Maybe you all have addressed this issue already. I just downloaded two random podcasts in no particular order. I look forward to hearing more. Yay, Al-Anon. Thanks for giving me a space to share. Robin. And Robin, thank you for for raising this question. Um, It is something that we thought about uh, as we were putting the podcast together, as we were developing it. And it looks like uh, it might be something it's time to come around and revisit in, in more depth. My, uh, my first two co-hosts and I definitely talked about this issue in a, a group conscience meeting for the podcast. And we tried to set some guidelines about sharing what we got from a meeting without sharing explicit details I guess we, in some cases, have not held to held to that as well. And I, I like your expression there. You know, there was this great share, and this is what I got from it. And that's what I try to do uh, when I talk about my experience of meetings, and I'm sure that I don't always succeed at that. So keep coming back. We'll uh, We'll try to do this a little better. And I think... You know, you're the first person who's expressed this explicitly to us, but that means that there are other people listening who have had the same thoughts and just not expressed them. So thank you for bringing it up. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to The Recovery Show. We do have expenses, which run about $60 a month. You can help to support us and keep us on the web and in your ear. We have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Alice did. And thank you again, Alice. We've put together a list of recovery-related books, Click on the books link at the top of the page. If you order one of these books from Amazon through our website, we receive a small commission. In fact, anything you order from Amazon after clicking on one of these links will help us. It costs you nothing extra and helps to keep us on the air. Thank you for your support in whatever form you give it, including just listening to us. We are here for you. Thank you for listening, and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem we are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time. Bye.